John Carney. John, come on. Hey, it's a Tuesday, baby. You know what that means. Brett, can I call you baby in this politically correct My first name is Julie Miss Buck, if you're nasty. If you're nasty. <laughs> Just kidding. How are you, nasty? I'm good. How yeah, are you? True story. It's the truth. I'm good. Like it's I said. It's a gorgeous day in St. Louis. It feels like summer. Like yeah. we've just rolled right on past spring, but we'll probably be, and I know we will for a fact, be back in the uh, coats before the end of the week. Force a habit this morning, my wife says to me, honey, will you start my car for me? I'm like, why? To turn it's, the air on? It's 68 already. My son's in Dallas, Texas. It was 94 degrees there yesterday in February. I'm like, you know, do you know that you take the little thing and push the thing over to cool when it's 94 the degrees? The thing and push the, the little thing clicky to thing. The He's thing. like, yeah, mom, I'm temperature controlled. I got it. I'm like, okay, I'm just double checking. Just don't want you to get dehydrated. See, being not, a mom never ends. You're nothing if not consistent. That's Jules. right. I know. Uh, good day for sourdough, I think. Oh, yeah. Which is like every day. Uh, and I have touted Mr. Meowski's like uh, Tim's my cousin. He's not, but we asked him to come in for a restaurant Tuesday, and he agreed, and he's bringing a toaster today. Oh, joy. George Mayhew, too. Some good news and bad news on the restaurant front. With openings and closings, Dan Morin. A lot of tech talk to get to. Dr. Allison Walsh comes back. And every time she does, we learn something else about our health. So that's good. And um, Charles Hauska, who's been on the show, and I am a giant fan of his artwork. And again, you see it all over Children's Hospital. Oh, yeah. Whimsical dogs and cats and stuff. Um, he had a show coming up in his gallery, and I reached out to him. I said, you want to come on and talk about it? And he said, well, it's not actually my show. It's in my gallery. But this other artist is showing his work. So we are going to have uh, Kababi Bayok in the program. He's the one that's got the uh, exhibit going. And I love his artwork. It's so, it's like, I, I know why Charles likes it. It's so incredibly whimsical. Um and it's also ended up on at least one Prince album cover. I mean, this guy is incredibly talented. So I want to meet him. Very cool. So he's going to join us today on the program. And that's everybody. That's exciting. Yeah. And Bringing maybe, a little culture to may, your day. Yeah. And maybe Alex Stone uh, explaining uh, what's going on with all the Macy's stores closing. Uh, and I was reading, and I'm going to ask George about this too. Outback is closed, like over a hundred locations, and uh, some the Bloomin' Onion had its run, though. Let's be honest. Do you ever say, "Let's go out to dinner"? That's where I want to go. My kids do. Yeah. Caribas, uh, <laughs> Caraba's Italian restaurant, Bonefish Grill, Fleming's. They're all closing multiple locations around the country. Oh, wow. So, not really sure what's going on. Well, so, I think people don't have any money. I yeah. think people are eating at home a lot more. I think that 
fast casual is not a thing like it used to be. Everything ebbs and flows, you know. I think we're in a different place. Ebb? We're in a different ebb or a different flow? Trying to get our flow back. So, um, yeah, talk to her and you can save 15%. Anyway, uh, George is going to address that issue from a restaurant standpoint. Alex Stone talking about the retail end of, you know, downsizing. Hmm. It's over. It's AI pretty much. Killing us. Oh, like you think I, that's what it is? Like I predicted. No, I, I think, it's think it's responsible. Over. I think it's just different. I think it's responsible okay. for everything. It's what happens with life. Everything goes in, in circles, changes. Thanks, Confucius. No, we're all going to die. Well, it's over. Did Get you, out of the pool. No, that's not true either. Okay. Did, well, it is actually true. We are all going <laughs> to die, but let's not talk about that. Did you see the story? And I know you watch the Today Show a lot because your wife turns it on the Today Show and, and then, then leaves. she leaves. Yeah. Uh, and I saw this story on the Today Show today where Wendy's is introducing the Uber-style surge pricing. And they're they're coming out and they're saying, hey, look, and you know how much airtime they got over this this morning? But basically, they're going to try to boost profits by introducing digital menu boards, which have the capacity to display surge pricing that fluctuates throughout the day. It's an interesting so idea. If they're busier at lunchtime, yeah. your your McFrosty, I guess at Wendy's it wouldn't be a Mick, yeah. it would just be a Frosty, might cost you a little bit more. Now, if you go at 3 o'clock in the afternoon, mm-hmm. it could be a better price. I actually don't mind this because I don't work a traditional 9 to 5. What? And I think the people who don't, they're going to buy, be buying things on off hours anyway. And so, <laughs> what well, airlines have been doing this for years? Yeah, and Uber has done it for years too, and taxi cabs. I mean, this is an interesting hotels idea. do it. Yes. Yeah, hotels mm-hmm. when there's an event in your city. Airlines, anytime you want to fly at Disney World, there's all kinds of surge pricing. This is a very interesting idea. I think it is too. What do you think, Carney? I mean, I, I'd rather them do this than go and get hamburger meat that's going to make us all sick. I'd rather pay an extra ten cents, but maybe that's just me. Hello? I don't. I don't understand how. I'm just saying, like, if the costs are too much for them to bear, and they have to raise prices, yeah. even through surge pricing, maybe I'm just going to go out on a limb and say I'd rather them not downgrade the quality of the food because it's already kind of down there. Then, am I wrong? Down I mean, there. I ah. okay. I guess I'm wrong. No. You're looking at me like I'm out of my mind. Always. All right. Uh, I agree. If there is some of that money, money, um, going to competent help because that seems to be a dying art in fast food restaurants. Nobody cares. Nobody pays attention. Sometimes I don't think anybody's there. Unless you go to Chick-fil-A, I have to say. They have like a crazy boot camp. I think they pay people more there. I think that there are certain McDonald's restaurants that are run extremely well. And the people that work there do a fantastic job. Can I give a job. shout out? This is not a paid advertisement. And I feel like we do talk about them too much. Kind of feeling like it is. Though. But I want to give a shout out to our McDonald's so here say. at Westport Plaza. I know it's veteran owned because they have those signs up. It is It is such an efficient and well-run and friendly McDonald's. Friendly as heck. In the morning and after the, the show, I find myself grabbing a coffee, grabbing a burger, and it has ruined me on other local McDonald's because I'll try to go to a different one and the service is bad and the employees are bad. This one here at Westport Plaza, 
high marks. The other best McDonald's I would say I've ever been to is in town and country. It was formerly owned by Colleen Shandienst, and it's at May or Clayton and 141. I was going to say Mason, but it's Clayton and 141. The people that work there are a delight. It's clean as a whistle, and it makes it pleasant to go through and get yourself some cows. For Carney, I think one of the worst ones out by his house, like that uh, First Capital, I think. It's on Elm Street. Oh, my Lord. Oh, of course it is. It's It's on uh, on Elm Street. Street. It really is. It's legendarily bad. Bummer. It's truly horrible. But look, they made billions of dollars by being consistent. A Big Mac in China is like a Big Mac right here. So why wouldn't they be consistent with their help? Well, because I think that our society is changing. People don't look up from their phones and people are ordering food. And I think this is a great text on the text line saying that they think it's these delivery services that are killing a lot of these restaurants. It is. And that yeah. is Probably you're probably dead on, but it's not the delivery uh, uh, services fault. It's that people would rather that yeah. than go out. They would rather not interact. And I think the younger people, you know, I, I listen to Heidi and Josh's show. I know that'll come as a shock, but I do. And uh, it's so interesting when they involve Connor, who is their 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 board op. Connor's a young man. He's much younger than the rest of us, and his experience with life, as far as not ever using cash, always doing everything online, it's amazing how different his view of life is. And so I think when you when you talk about going out to eat, he's thinking, well, I'll just door dash it. I'll just grub hub it. That point got driven home to me when somebody pointed out that, and I think I mentioned this last week, the young adults, you know, the voting age, drinking age youth of today, have never not had an iPad. Mind-blowing. That, that yeah. blew my mind. I had a pencil. I had a rotary phone when I was a well, kid. They were asking him. We I kinda, did, too. I, kinda, I feel like we should bring him in here and just pick his brain because uh, I, I know he's listening. Hi, Connor. But he was talking about he's never bought a CD in in his life. What? I know. He was like, well, my parents had them, so I kind of know what they are. Oh, my God. Well, that explains a lot because we get younger people to come in here to pick up the phones when we do a contest. And we had one in particular gentleman that walked in here and looked at the phone as if it was a dinosaur and was like, oh, what do I what do I press here? (laughs) And it's just like, all right, we thought, are you joking? And they're not. They don't know. Yeah, not at all. They don't uh, know. And, and they don't have to know because that's not the world that they live in. They know a lot but of stuff, is. but it's the stuff we don't know. Right. Right. Because we are dinosaurs. Oh. All right, speaking of dinosaurs, I'm going to start with the account for your time. As you know, our microwave went south. Oh, yeah. It spins. It lights up. <laughs> Timer works. Fan works. But it doesn't heat anything. So it's it's a display case is what it is. So I had a little time yesterday while Johnny was at physical therapy. So I thought, well, I'll just shoot by Costmart. And there was like a whole aisle of electronic stuff. I'm like, oh, okay, appliances, here we go. And I go in. The word microwave. 
did not appear on any box in that entire aisle. Interesting. They're all air fryer, pressure cooker. They, nothing said microwave. Like if I wanted to make popcorn, I didn't get the sense that anything in this aisle would allow me to make microwave popcorn. I was so overwhelmed, I walked out with nothing. I, I, I feel your pain. I mean, because it's so vast and there's so many options and it's confusing and they're like oh just the air fryers are the air fryers now built in like are people installing those like they did microwaves when they went from the countertop to actually installed yeah and they i'll tell you what they look really cool and they're wider and but it doesn't and it says they toast but there's nothing that said you can make popcorn in three minutes were you having a hankering for some popcorn we have lately but we don't have any way to do you make. ever use the old school popper with the dome it never tastes as good as that even uh, or that pop that you put on the stove i'm a, a jiffy pop. i love jiffy oh, pop so good but it can go south very quickly it really there's an art to it with a two sure. second situation you can have burned popcorn <laughs> yeah in true, a flash true story i would love to hear uh, account for your time from julie buck and myself but uh, we do have a guest. Yeah. And uh, we do need to take a break. All so. right. And as we see, we got Restaurant Tuesday coming up, and that's Mr. Miaski's in St. Charles on Main Street. And here's a couple other places to consider Magpie's Cafe, Main Street Honky Tonk, Latia and Poncho's, uh, Gingham's whole style restaurant. And I'm leaving out a bunch of places. Jalea, the Peruvian place that I love, quintessential a place called Burger. Uh, it goes on. I, I don't know how many restaurants are in St. Charles, but I know you could eat in St. Charles at a restaurant every day for a year and not go to the same place twice. Wow. I'd avoid the McDonald's on Elm Street. <laughs> but, you know, other than that, there's some good eating out there and shopping and playing and living. So keep that in mind. Check out the website for more at discoverstcharles.com. <laughs> Twelve twenty-seven. Carney show rolling on. You can't stop us. Max and Julie here too. I said this earlier. I reached out to Charles Houska, one of my favorite artists, and he's got a gallery uh, in the West End. And he was telling me that he was showcasing the work of an artist I was unfamiliar with, Kababi Bayok. And as I looked at the pieces, not only was I amazed. Uh, at the whimsy and the detail of the artwork. But then I read on and found out that Prince collected this guy's artwork, and it's actually on the cover of one of his albums. you got to see some of this stuff. Kababi, welcome to the program. How are you doing? I am fantastic. How are you? I'm doing great. Thank you. How long does your show run? Uh runs to, I believe, March 15th. And what kind of pieces can we expect to see when we go down to take a look? Uh, very colorful. I would say I am both equally interested in portraiture and abstraction. So you're getting a mix of both of those two things. I would think it's really hard as an artist for someone who's been doing it for a while and has probably hundreds of pieces that they made. You get an exhibit 
and there's wall space for 30. That's got to be tough to pick them out. Uh, well, actually, I, pretty much all these pieces are new. And so I, I went into it going in, knowing the size of the gallery and how many pieces I wanted to display on each wall. So it was kind of nicely mapped out. And then I, of course, had a few extras that didn't get done, but was okay because we wound up being right at capacity. So it worked out. Oh, so you had the exhibit first and then did the art to fit the exhibit. I would have thought it was the other way around. Either way, these are amazing pieces. Well, thank you. Let's talk about the 365 Days with Dad series. I think people would like to hear about that. That's really interesting. Yeah, so in 2012, um, I started a Facebook-based art project um, called 365 Days Dad. And, yeah, my goal is to paint a black father and his children uh, for every day of the year, just to battle the stereotype that we're not around with our kids. Um, but it wound up taking two years and three months to complete. And what started off as a project that I was just going to do and ask people to submit photos so that I would have material to keep going. It wound up becoming a commission-based project that pretty much went internationally. And you also do murals, right? Like like on walls or wherever? I do. I have several in Webster, uh, Rockwood School District. So school schools all over the area. And I've also traveled out of town to Iowa, North Carolina. Um, and I do now have some outside here in St. Louis and more coming. So, yeah. Are you from St. Louis? I grew up in O'Fallon, Illinois. All right. Um, Shout out. But yeah. After I went to college and came back, I've been here since 96, so almost 30 years. So with the murals, I'm always amazed at the detail that they're able to put on that. Uh, is the same detail that you can put on a canvas. Canvas is flat. You know what's there. But when you're doing a mural, it's brick. It's porous. There's holes. It's uneven. How, how do you do that? And because of that very reason, I um, had the advice of a friend probably about three, four years ago, taught myself to spray paint. And... And it was funny because as soon as I got kind of comfortable with it, I got a mural commission at uh, Urban Chestnut in the Grove. And that wall is extremely textured. So there was no way it could be in, done any other way. And and now just that I've done it more and more um, and got very comfortable with it. It's definitely outdoor mural-wise and uh, efficiency, I think it's the best way to accomplish it. So you just go on YouTube and taught myself that's amazing i've heard of people fixing their dishwasher with youtube uh raising their children yeah. through youtube but not learning how to spray paint that's that's pretty incredible yeah just watching how people use their fingers and pressure and listening to them talk and watching the way they move their hand to make a certain line like i, I dissected all that and then just put it to work well trips me up with that is i i just can't follow direction to save my life <laughs> We go back with with your career, and we would have found you at Six Flags making those caricatures. Yeah, that was my beginning, man. Yeah, so I think '97 was the season that I worked there, and uh, I, that's definitely still had an influence on me to this day. Like it's funny because mentioning murals and doing murals in schools. One thing about doing caricatures that we learned was to always do the eyes last. Um, I don't know technically why, but it's just part of the practice and it kind of at the end reveals for whatever reason it clicks in people's mind like oh wow it really does look like me but what I 
since I still do that, it's funny to have these black holes in the eyes when I'm working at schools and, and I, and I, I like it now because kids will walk by and they'll start commenting about, you know, how all the characters look like zombies and, um, and I still won't change it. I still wait till the very last thing. That's what I do. So you should see my yeah. first wedding video. Uh, if you're late <laughs> to the party, uh, Kababi Bayak joins us and he's got a, a show and exhibit, if you will, at uh, Charles Hauska's gallery uh, in the West End, hauskagallery.com for more on that. I teased it in the beginning, in the introduction, about the Prince connection. How did that start, and did you guys become, like, racquetball buddies? Well, you know, his thing is uh, ping pong, but I never played ping pong with him. Uh Um, He. He came here in 97 or 98. He had a show over in Illinois, and it was his love for one another tour. And so I think every city he landed in, he would donate food to a um, local um, organization. And there was a place in St. Louis called Dignity House, and they had a gallery. So they asked me and another artist to hang our work in the event that, you know, Prince might show up and see our work. Um, But, you know, that part didn't happen. But the women who dropped off the groceries, videotaped the exhibit. And then I, I don't know how, how what the time lapse was, but got a phone call from uh, one of his assistants, and she said that he wanted to see some, that he saw three pieces that he liked and wanted to know if they were available. And Did you believe it? I would think my first thought would be, here's a friend trying to pull my leg. Right. No, it happened. And then actually the album cover came about because, a year later, called back and asked if I had any more work to show him, and I sent some a book of photos. Cause that's what you had to do back then, send a little book from Walgreens because we didn't have the Internet the way we do. But, uh, yeah, he saw five more, and one of those became the Rainbow Children album cover. I'm wow. trying to think of 1997, you know, what our technology was. I guess it was like a handheld camcorder kind of a thing that these ladies would have used and then sent the yeah. little tape. Yeah. Yeah, isn't that crazy? Yeah, that that really is crazy. Did you get to meet, at least? I talked to him one time on the phone. We had a little dispute over him using his image on on when he was going to make a T-shirt. And we battled. We had a disagreement about whether or not he needed to purchase rights to the caricature of himself since it was based on likeness. That's the only time we ever talked. Gosh, I would think that with all that he had and how he was... You know, somebody that would come into communities and want to kind of lift people up that he wouldn't make a big thing out of that kind of just like, okay. I mean, I know he has to, all artists have to protect you, him, you know, everybody does. That's kind of crappy. But but just like, come on. (laughs) I'm sorry. That's That's a bummer to me. I'm sorry to hear that. He should have just let it go. I'm sorry I brought him up. It never stained my view of him. He is who he is, and that's part of his persona. I've still been to Paisley about five, six times, and it's super fascinating. So, yeah, and, and, and I don't hold records like that. Now, are you primarily oil and spray painting, or do you get into other mediums like clay or metalwork? Uh, right now, no, mostly acrylic and spray paint. Um, yeah, acrylic because it dries fast, and I need immediate gratification. <laughs> and Carney's mostly sugar and flour, right? Yeah, 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 right. and I can draw a heck of a stick man, but that's about it. <laughs> so, what would you say to somebody listening who desperately wants to learn to paint 
and has no discernible talent in that area, i.e. me. A lot of times, honestly, pick up a brush, go buy some paint, and just start making marks. And then there's some specific you want to watch this. Again, I mean, the magic of YouTube, there's people on, there's so many classes on there to learn from. But the first thing you got to do is grab a brush and just make a mark. Okay. I'm on it. I am on it. So the House <laughs> Kid Gallery, housekidgallery.com, uh, yep. is where this resides until March 16th. I assume, uh, Kababi, these pieces will be available for purchase, will they not? Yes, they are. Please, please, and thank you. <laughs> thank you for sharing your, your talent. It's just amazing stuff. And uh, I'm sure you're going to get a great crowd. So thank you. Well, thanks for having me on, y'all. I'm All right, take care. I'm throwing away Purple Rain when I get home, by the way. I'm not. Just, I can't. Just telling no. you. Thanks, Kababi. Uh, it is uh, 1237. Yeah, it's it's surprising the people that you learn that either paint or collect art because you know them for other things. Cheech Marin of Cheech and Chong, single largest collection of uh, Latin American art. Really? In the world. Yeah. Um, Tony Bennett, an incredible painter. Paul Stanley from Kiss. Yeah. Steve Martin. Steve Martin has an incredible art collection. Yeah. yeah, I mean, that's what he spends most of his, his money on. I loved his story about the phone call with Prince over the rights to the T-shirt. Because I can imagine if I had to have an argument with somebody like Prince, somebody who I have such a respect for, profound You'd respect. You'd be like, okay. Of, right. I'd be like, you're a genius, but we disagree with this. And I would have to compliment him every time. Like, I love your records, but you're wrong. Like, I would oh have my to God. be yeah. so kind, you know? Yeah, definitely. <laughs> on the same page, to be sure, but... I encourage you to take a look at his work. I think you're really going to like it. Uh, and that 365 Dad Project, very powerful. There's also a kid's book that just came out, um, and he did all the illustrations for it. And I, boy, I had all that information right here. I'll give it to you when I find it. I promise. I will. Uh, we didn't finish going around the room. Can we do that? You want to sure. share something quick? Uh, well, no, we have another guest. Wow. We have in studio Dr. Allison Walsh, so let's hit a break and we can do do around the room later. Like in the building? Is my hair all right? All right, let's take a break. We'll be right back. Curtis Show, welcome back. Still so much to do, and some of it involves sourdough bread. I am beyond excited. Tell you about that later for Restaurant Tuesday. Uh, Michael's Baths providing our text line so you can communicate with us and vice versa. That's 84126, of course. But uh, the folks behind that at Michael's Baths have been doing what they do for 30 years. And that means if you want to upgrade your bathroom where everybody spends more than a little time, um, they can make it so you are more than comfortable in there. That shower and that tub, you step over the tub, you always think you're going to fall down, or maybe that's just me, I don't know. You can uh, get a different one. Get one that you just walk into because the lip's only, you know, four inches tall. That's a possibility. Or, as we got in this house, and I'm so happy we did, was a little bigger tub with jets and massage therapy. This can all be done by Michael's Bath quickly. It can be financed. 
These are professionals. These have limit uh, lifetime warranties, finding it, financing options available. They're, it just goes on and on. So you should be happy in there. Michaelsbaths.com for more information. And just, you can't improve every part of your life, but you can fix this. I recommend you do so. Good yeah, attitude. That's all. Just thought I'd throw that in there. There's lots of stuff in your life you can fix if mm-hmm. you if you really want to. That's right. In <laughs> fact, we have a doctor in the house right now. Dr. Allison Walsh joins us from St. Louis Women's Lifestyle Solutions, and she is here today. How are you? I'm good. Thanks for having me back again, guys. Hi, Doc. We Hi, love to have you in, and we love to talk about all of the things that are different in the space of weight loss these days and in the space of, of women's hormone balancing and all of that. There's just so much to it. Why don't you explain kind of what it is that you set out to do? Of course, you're an OBGYN. That is your, I mean, that is what you do on a regular basis, but this is kind of spawned off on its own, right? Yeah, so Women's Lifestyle Solutions uh, grew out of my general OBGYN practice as I saw just an increasing need for women, especially in their perimenopausal years, but also after having babies with postpartum weight gain and the like, um, to have a focused discussion around weight management as a medical consideration and, and to talk in depth, honestly, thoroughly about hormones and the impact that that shift in hormones we all unfortunately have to go through around the time of menopause has on our day-to-day life really you know every facet from sleep to mentation to mood to weight to sexual function um, really providing women a forum to have a deep discussion on that topic was how women's lifestyle solutions got started. And I have been a patient of Dr. Walsh for uh, over a couple of years, and it really has been life-changing for me. There's so much talk right now about the weight loss drugs that are available and that have now been approved for weight loss. Can you talk about your thoughts on that? Sure. So I, I think this has really become, when I started Women's Lifestyle Solutions, medical weight loss was a quiet Uh, small area of medicine. Uh, A lot of people didn't even know it existed. And the medications we had at our disposal were effective, but not broadly effective. Um, So the advent of the GLP-1s being utilized in this space broadly as they are now has transformed medical weight loss and um, certainly increased its discussion in public forums, people's awareness of it. Um, and, and really brought a lot of women to say, hey, maybe this is for me too. Maybe this maybe this applies to me. So that's it's been an exciting time to be in the space and to have already been working in the space prior to these meds coming out. And it's wonderful from my perspective as a, as a physician to be able to offer people medication options that work and that work so much better than anything we've ever had before. So it, it has made my job a lot more fun. Um, and I get so many more questions about it now, both in my general practice and people that have specifically sought me out at Women's Lifestyle Solutions because people are aware it's out there. They see the news reports. They have questions. They, they're they incredulous. They, they've, heard, they've heard not good things. They've heard good things. So educating people on how the medications work, the changes that they make in your metabolism, 
what you might expect if you use these medications to manage your weight um, has been a privilege for me. Well, that's great. And I know a lot of people have celebrated success. I know I have on this like nothing else. But but like you said, I mean, when we first met each other, it was a really quiet area in the world where people with medical weight loss that really wasn't happening a lot. And this was kind of new. And we didn't even we didn't I didn't as a patient know about Ozempic or any of any of that stuff. There were other tools that you had in your toolbox set in place. What made you want to go down this road? Well, again, like I was saying, I was spending just a lot of my day anyways in a general OBGYN practice having incomplete partial conversations with women about their complex weight and hormone balance issues during annual visits. And annual visits are, you know, a 15-minute visit to collect a pap smear and do a breast exam. They're really not set up to sit down and talk about your sleep environment, to talk about diet, nutrition, to talk about the impact of lifestyle choices, stress, cortisol on your hormone function, on your weight. So having that time has has been great. So if somebody is listening and they're thinking, wow, you know, I've, I've hit the age where all of a sudden I don't magically feel like myself when I wake up in the morning, I'm not sleeping uh, I'm I'm a little cranky. I mean, I don't want to say anything, but maybe she I'm, a, gets that way, I'm yeah. a little cranky. Um, there are there's help out there for you, right? When it comes, not just we're not just talking about weight loss, but your overall life and mood, life, mood, and health, preventative care, and wellness. Um, I think, interestingly, as people have become more aware of these medications as a preventative care measure for weight management. I've also had an opportunity to talk to more people about the uh, potential, you know, intricacies of hormone balance, the impact of hormone balancing on, you know, genetic predilections for dementia. The studies are mixed, but really getting into that space with folks um, has been very in, just inspiring the last few years and, and the role of genetic testing and markers in trying to help people identify how to eat, what foods are eating for your genetics and metabolism is also a space that's growing and getting interesting. So I, I love being in the space because it's evolving so rapidly. So back to the weight loss end of things, and I know it's probably different for men and women, but we decide, okay, I'm going to lose some weight. I'm going to start eating better more lean chicken, more vegetables, and that goes for a while. And we eventually go back to our old ways, and I'm waiting in line at Jack in the Box. Uh, and I assume women will do the same thing, too. How do you address that? How do you address that point where people get where they just find it easier to go back to what they used to do? I think that's a lot of what the coaching sessions are about. So the first few sessions when I work with someone are spent reviewing blood work, selecting medications, troubleshooting potential side effects as people start new meds, and just getting people accustomed to the basics of the program, their uh, calorie and macronutrient goals, trying to get them up and running. But when we get further into the program, we start dissecting out food. We start talking about triggers. We start talking about the um, lifestyle issues that are driving those kind of choices. So a lot of times people end up back in the drive-thru at Jack in the Box, not because they just got bored of chicken and protein, but because 
on Wednesdays. They have dance and soccer and basketball, so they're not home from 2.40 until 8.30 driving kids. Right. And so that's why they're in the line at Jack in the Box. So having the time to get into the details of what drives those kind of backslides, because most women know why they backslid in the past. So if we can identify it, then we can treat it. We can fix it. And so building tools to troubleshoot that is one of the things we spend a lot of time on during the coaching sessions so that once you achieve maintenance, you don't just end up back in the line at Jack in the Box. Hard to break that habit of eating your feelings. That's another one we spend a lot of time on for many people uh, because there are people who don't realize they're eating their feelings, and there's a fair number of people who who do realize it and helping to provide alternative coping mechanisms. And for some people, you know, appropriate psychiatric care that has never been addressed in the context of their eating issues. It makes a big difference That's for folks. so interesting because it's just kind of one of those taboo subjects that we never really mm-hmm. talked about, kind of like... Um, menopause and all the things that are going to happen to us that no one tells us about. Yeah, absolutely. So if you'd like to get in touch with Dr. Allison Walsh at Women's Lifestyle Solutions, you can call 314-919-9998, 314-919-9998, or you can go to their website and they can do a telehealth appointment and they would, uh, how would that whole process work if somebody's considering it? So if you're interested in setting up an appointment or just learning more, you can uh, call the number that Julie just gave or access a discovery call through the website. Uh, my nurse, Jamie, is incredible. And once you connect with us, she will kind of walk you through the process of selecting the right format for your visits, whether it be in person or telehealth only, getting you set up for laboratory studies to proceed our first meeting so that we can have a really thorough discussion and identify uh, ways to get you feeling back like yourself again. Let's do it. The year is still young. We are headed into March, though. So why not get it going now? Women's Lifestyle Solutions, the place to go, 314-919-9998. Carney Show, welcome back. We're going to break for some news, but we'll come back at you with a schmooze. Restaurant Tuesday, which means George Mayhew, and you'll meet Mr. Meowski, his own bad self. Our first guest, Max, correct me if I'm wrong, to bring in his own toaster. Yes, he asked if we uh, had a toaster, and we do, but he wanted to bring in his own, and I thought that might be kind of cute. Might be kind of cute. Let's get a toast my bread. That's uh, that's good enough for me. Um, the Delmar Gardens family. All right, let's, uh, let's go deep in another part of what they do. Uh, assisted living is available. That is someone who can get along just fine, but... To have medical help close and like arranging prescriptions and checking blood pressure and doing that kind of stuff, that's all included right there under the roof where they are residing. Independent living are for the people that are a little older but kind of live on their own and are are honestly kind of lonely. So they have these apartments that if you were to see them would think, oh, it's an apartment. Um, but you've got the social element. You go downstairs and have dinner and your friends are there and the food's really good. Um, libraries, ice cream parlors, even a bar with a complimentary happy hour. 
Yeah, can I iron that out? Uh, workout room, whatever it is you want, that's there too. Um, skilled nursing care, memory care is available. So many different things that uh, I can only hit on a few every time we talk about it. So why don't you look around, see what you need for you or for a loved one, and uh, I'm sure somewhere Delmar Gardens will fit into the picture and make your life more comfortable. The website, delmargardens.com, for more. Tomorrow on the show, a radio legend. No, not Julie, another radio legend. John Hewlett's going <laughs> to pop in. And uh, there was some reason. That uh, because I, you wanted to have something signed for him, so that's no, why no, he no. Said, he was in the he news. Said, Max Bookham, so he, I could have my KC jacket signed. It's sure. Oh, I thought you sold your KC jacket. I did sell the KC. Oh no, oh no. What are I, you going to have him sign? I did. No, I, he's going to be at the check. Sheldon. <laughs> Probably got a lot of money. He's oh, that's the, it. Yeah, the Sheldon this Thursday for something called uh, Life, Death, and Other Scary Things. And really? I bet he's got a wildly interesting story. I don't think he's ever missed a game, a, a Cardinals game at home. I don't think I he's believe that. ever missed a game. But we'll find out. We'll ask him. He'll uh, he'll be here tomorrow. We got the elevator and we got the lamb chop. I've never said that sentence before in my life. And never again. KTRS said, 107, thanks for popping in. Max Forgey. Julie Buck. Um, I want to get to a couple of these texts before we go on and thank Dr. Allison Walsh for coming by. Yeah, she is so smart, so bright, and she knows so much. I'm just so glad to get the word out about her. Yeah, I'm like, she was here not too long ago. And she came in with completely different information. Yeah. So, yeah, stick with her. Uh, a lot of observations about my efforts to find a microwave oven i thought it would be easy but it's air fryers and instapots and toasters that's it that's it oh my i couldn't find it anywhere i walked out of walmart in tears someone recommended appliance discounters and mcgraw can drive uh, haven't used a microwave in over 10 years. That is mind-blowing to me. That they haven't used a microwave yes. in 10 years? I know. I guess I'm, what, what is happening here? Have you, do you use your microwave, Max? Multiple times a day. Okay, so we, do we I. We got our last one at a big box store. Ooh. We just walked into, I think it was a Best Buy and walked out with one. Show off. Did you pay? No, we didn't. We just <laughs> stole it. So some interesting thoughts along that front and popcorn, which is, that's why I really want the microwave. Uh, a whirly popper on the stove. That's the hand cranked one that oh, yeah. I remember seeing on Little House on the Prairie. I, I don't think I want to go back that far. Oh, no, those are great. I, I've got one of those. They're, Does they're it taste good. like movie theater popcorn? It, it tastes really cool. You add everything as it's moving. It's really neat. Schnook's popcorn in a green bag is really good. Okay. You could warm it up in the mic. Oh, never mind. Yeah, exactly. Um, a schmooze on the way, but I mentioned this before when I talk about St. Charles, that the convention center always has something cool going on, and we are not far away from the boat show. Boat show. The boat, boat show. show. Boat show. Actually, starts on Thursday. 
And we'll go through till Sunday. Here he goes. He's going to go on a boat kick. The boat show. I do want a boat. I know you do. Every year at the same time, you go wild for a boat. The boat show. And pretty much all of the marine dealers and boat dealers down at the Lake of the Ozarks uh, load up and come down Highway 70 and set up. I mean, it's impressive. And you can get on these boats, and the yachts, and the uh, pontoon boats. Ahoy! Pretty nice. You can't go anywhere because you're on ground. Um, but they'll be giving away $1,000 worth of free gas at the show. The 2024s are out. They'll have the 2023s out there, too, that I would imagine the dealers want to get rid of so they can get more 2024s. So you can wheel and deal. Tickets are 14 bucks, 8 bucks for kids. If your child's under 5 good luck to you. Uh, They're free to get in, by the way. So, how about that? But you still have to watch them. Yeah. Lots of free parking. com. Now, here's the deal. What do we have? A family <laughs> four-pack. A family four-pack. So, it's 28 It's $56 value. All right? And we're going to give it to somebody. So on our Michael's Best text line at 84126, the first person to text in naming every regular character that was stuck on Gilligan's Island because her boat didn't work. No, the boat broke. So how many people are you asking for? Just to be crystal clear, if you've oh, I don't got, think you know. I'm thinking well, that's of why him. I, that's why him, I said him. regulars. If you're listening, <laughs> the regulars, because like I think the Harlem Globetrotters showed up on one, but no, I meant the ones that were always there. And then, so if somebody seven castaways, if somebody texts in the correct seven castaways, then we choose them and they win a family four back to the boat show. Is that correct? Yeah. 84126. Yeah, I think it's a fair question. All right, this news just in. Gypsy Rose Blanchard's husband, if you know, you know. If you don't, just disregard my babbling. But um, he's alluding to the fact that they have a baby on the way by posting a picture of her stomach on social media. Ah. Yeah, I know. I know. I just don't know how I feel about this. Uh, Northwest is back. She was visiting Kanye and his wife over in Paris for Fashion Week. She just uh, landed via private jet with a a plane full of bags from Paris. She's 10. She is 10 years old, and she's alone flying across. I mean, not alone. There's pilots on the plane. I'm sure there's some sort of a nanny or something. Did you ever fly alone when you were a kid? No. I remember being put on a plane when I, I want to say I but was- But there's no other people on 11 the- or 12, and I remember that they, like your parent could drop you off at the gate and then like- Oh yeah, I did do that. But like on like, like on Ozarks or I TWA or yeah. something. Yes, for sure I did. And they would I take did. care of you and give you little pilot wings and everything. But this is like, hey, Northy, here's your plane. Let and, you drive. Yeah, exactly. I just feel like that's, I don't know. As a parent, I would at least want- the general population around to see well, what all's going on on the plane. My 10-year-old were on it, but maybe that's just me. Did you know that the mansion in Saltburn, this movie that everybody's talking about, and they've got a 700-year-old estate in England called Drayton House. That's where it was filmed. And now people will not, 
will not stop going by there, taking pictures. There's even a TikToker that made a map of how to get to this particular I, home. I feel bad for the people that own the mansion because they agreed to let the mansion be used for exterior shots under the condition that the filmmakers would not reveal the location. And the, and the filmmakers did a very good job of not letting anybody know where it was, but because of social media influencers, they found it, and now I just I feel bad for the people that own the mansion. Yeah, the owner says that they never envisioned the amount of interest that there would be. It's quite weird. I don't take it as flattering. How could you? How would you feel if people were taking pictures outside of your house? I'd prefer the interest to blow over, but I can't make it blow over, so I've got to wait it out. So I guess that's that's the uh, scheme there. That's what you got to do. Well, maybe we could buy the mansion from them. That way, you know, it solves the problem. We get a mansion, and they get to not worry about it. How can you feel sorry for anybody who owns a mansion I to thought begin of, with? I know. I thought about that as I was saying it. Yeah. But everybody loves their privacy, right? I mean, that there's there's got to be something there where you have rights to being private if you're a private person. I guess then don't do the movie. Yeah, yeah. there you yeah, go. There's a thought. Um, after weeks of speculation, it's official. Ryan Gosling will, as you heard the news breaking yesterday on the Carney Show with Andy Field, Ryan Gosling will be performing I'm Just Ken from Barbie at the Oscars. And the internet is wound up about it. But so was Andy Field. Because you haven't seen the movie. I haven't seen the movie yet. Nope. 73 years ago, this might have been the best move we ever made. In 1951, the 22nd Amendment to the Constitution was ratified limiting a president to two terms in office. Thank God we did that. Don't you think? What, you didn't like FDR? Oh, I didn't say that. He I'm just saying I think president. eight years is enough of any one person to be in charge of our country. Four years is enough for yeah, some <laughs> That's true. Josh Groban is 43. Do you have a Josh Groban impersonation? No? I feel mm, like you would be no, singing... I- I've seen him do some very whimsical stuff. Whimsical seems to be the word of the day. Endeared, <laughs> endeared him to me. Yeah, I think he's a lovely person. Chelsea Clinton is 44 today. Grant Show is 62. No clue. If you know, you know he was on Melrose Place. He's really cute back in the day. I'm sure he is still cute. The Voice is on tonight on NBC, so enjoy that. Other than that, we've got homemade jokes, and you can smell them. Fresh out the oven with John Carney. I got some news. Here's what's happening. An envelope containing an unknown white powder was sent to Donald Trump Jr.'s mansion in Florida Monday, prompting a massive response from first responders. A spokesman told the Post authorities in hazmat suits and several fire trucks seen at Trump Jr.'s house in Jupiter after he received and opened a letter with an unidentified white powder. Hunter Biden has offered to test the substance, which I thought was very nice. Oh, yeah. Everybody's getting along now. Yeah, a little Kuna Matata. Glad to see it. Photographer told police he was punched in the face by Taylor Swift's dad. What? True, on the Sydney waterfront, hours after her Australian tour ended, Ben McDonald told police that Scott Swift assaulted him at the Neutral Bay Wharf where the father and daughter had just come ashore from a yacht. Uh, There was apparently no bad blood between the two. And uh, Swift said he um, apparently prompted it and told the photographer, look what you made me do. (laughs) 
I was not ready for it. Nope. Yeah. Pop Swift then told the paparazzi to just shake it off. Farmington Municipal Judge Edward. Aren't you impressed? I mean, it's Taylor kind of, Swift. Yeah, I, I, we've talked about her ad nauseum, so I would hope you picked up on some of the titles. Good job. Far, I, did, I had to look them up. <laughs> Farmington Municipal Judge Edward Pultz ordered a woman to be arrested and fingerprinted in a case of public library books. This story's gone national, by the way, um, because she had books in a DVD that had not been returned to the library. Three books and a DVD she got in June, and despite months of phone calls and mail from both the library and the police, the items never showed up. A warrant for her arrest came after a failure to appear in court. Attorneys for the woman say they expect the judge to impose a major fine and give her four paper cuts. So, all over the news. Farmington, Missouri. We're so proud. We always get smacked with those kind of like negative stories that Don't get we? picked up nationally. Ugh. Yeah. A lawsuit claims a New Mexico teacher brought swords to school. Good call. To have students fight one another in the classroom. And it was caught on camera. The family of a student who was injured by one of the swords taking legal action. It was a total shock said one of the attorneys representing one of the students' families, prompting the teacher to say, there could be only one. <laughs> kind of have to know the film Highlander, but it took a chance. Finally, a Mississippi mother is suing the city of Senatobia, which is in Mississippi somewhere, and their police department for two million bucks after authorities put her 10-year-old son in jail for urinating in public, 10 years old. Federal lawsuit filed Wednesday seeks monetary damages for excessive use of force, negligence, intentional infliction of emotional distress. Latoya Eason, whose son's son Quantavius was arrested last August after he did his business next to his mother's car. The 10 year old boy had been waiting in the car and had uh, you know, go and didn't see any restrooms. Decided to relieve himself discreetly by the car door. Chai was arrested, put in a police cruiser, taken to jail, and put in a cell for like an hour. Police tried to keep a lid on the story, but apparently it leaked to the press. It's just too low. Yeah. Probably so. On the Michael's Bath text line, A4126, <laughs> earlier today, I guess the uh, Genwin show had Greg Willard on, and there was a text that we got from a listener who said that they have KTRS on all day, and they only really turn it up and pay attention twice during the during the broadcast day, whenever Greg Willard is on, was number one, and number two, for Carney's monologue. Wow. Okay, uh, that's if, good to know. I'm just... That's I'm, my pointing phone. that out today, especially after that model. I hope they didn't that miss there out. There are people who love. That was actually my number. <laughs> Check the text. <laughs> uh, what else you want to know? Let's talk flowers for a minute. Walter Knoll 
has something for every occasion, even if the occasion isn't an occasion. What? What? Who? You can send flowers. Oh, just because. Yeah, for no reason at all. Just because. Exactly. Um, birthday, sympathy, anniversary. I mean, there's plenty of real occasions. But why not? I mean, if someone's not expecting a congratulatory note or a, some kind of sympathetic uh, remark, to just get the flowers for no reason at all really goes a long, long way. You can make somebody's day and then some. Walter knows got them. They're the best. They deliver them anywhere and quickly when you want it to get somewhere fast. Walter Knoll Florist, locally owned and operated. They know flowers. Find them online, WKF.com. On the slide. Pushed on the lever and the wires get hot again. <laughs> yeah, dude! Yeah, toast. We're going to have a sip. You're going to meet Mr. Minowski. Get to that in a second. Also being Restaurant Tuesday, uh, we present St. Louis Magazine's dining editor, George Mayhew. Hi, George. Howdy, John. What a great party you throw. Carnival um, was really, really fun. Well, it the really... The food was outstanding, and the comics were great, and... The booze is always flowing. What can I say? It was a good time. I'm glad, and I didn't get much chance to talk to you, but I, we did sit for about 30 seconds to visit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So. and I said hello to your wife, and that's about as much as uh, we got in, but it was it was really fun. It looked like everybody was having a good time. I am Sold out, glad. as always. I remember when you used to need me to help you pr- promote that and, and, and push it down, yeah. and now it's like, I don't need you anymore. I, of course I sell I it out every you, time. George. No, it's, yeah. no, it's it's. I'm, it was uh, sold out fast yeah, this it, year. It sells out quickly now, which is great. It I, should. I appreciate the support absolutely. Um, before we get into bread, and he's over there toasting, or he better be. He better be. Um, it smells so good in the studio. I wish we had smell vision. Let's uh, sometimes. Let's uh, <laughs> go over some of the things here. Elsewhere, I was kind of stunned that John Perkins closed up shop with uh, Sunday Best, which it was a refashioned juniper. Right now, it's a refashioned nothing. Yeah, that was what, a, that what was. A, I just thought again, if we knew all the answers, we'd all be millionaires. But I thought it was a really smart move. Eighty percent of his business was in fried chicken, so we had a lot of kind of excess labor, excess capacity, excess goods on hand. And he said, "Let's just make this a chicken restaurant. Chicken will be the focus because that's what everybody orders." And let's call it a day, and we'll call it Sunday Best instead of Juniper. And what he found out was rebranding, as he says, is tricky. It just it just didn't make the switch. People just didn't. It, it, it just never gained traction. And I think he, he did that rebranding last fall. He gave it six months. And it just, uh, it, it just wasn't happening. But... He did say, John Perkins did say that, hey, Sunday Best is not dead. Uh, we're, we're at City Park. 
with the uh, chicken and goodies. Yeah. And uh, he will resurrect this somehow, probably yeah. in a different spot, in a, I'm guessing in a smaller venue. When I originally talked to him about this, he was going to do little pop-ups and, like, have a have a chicken trailer and put it on somebody's parking lot for a month and then go somewhere else. And I think that smaller pop-up idea might be where the action is here uh, I, for him. I, yeah, I believe he's going to show up somewhere sometime. But it's been a rough month, month for chicken. Yeah. Uh, the announcement that the last chicken out closes doors yeah oh. that's another surprise because i thought that that uh, that was the only remaining chicken out the one in in the loop closed a short time ago and at that time i thought the kirkwood one was doing quite well but you know apparently it never it, it's just hard. it's funny sometimes what kind of catches on and what doesn't well and it's it's i think i think the problem with that is it's a it's a kind of a gourmet chicken sandwich if you will it's a 10 or 12 dollar chicken sandwich and there are four or five dollar chicken sandwiches out there and you know people are watching you know what I'm, they're spending. I'm, I'm yeah. speculating here but i i'm surprised that 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 location closed but uh but it did and like like one guy on facebook said it was a bad week for good chicken yeah, <laughs> bad thought, week for good chicken. I thought that was great, but yeah. So uh, I'm not sure about the the fate of chicken out. It was just a, a greatly just a fun. It was the, the 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 conceiving of that was so much fun. They had so much fun with the little whimsical, you know, things on the walls and 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 the balk up window and things like that. It was just a really great. Say concept. it again. The what? Balk up window. Just one more time. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I don't know about you guys, but when I think about sourdough bread, of course cats come to mind. You sh- I, oh I, yeah, I, yeah. If you're in St. Charles, it does. Could not connect the dots, and I've told the story before. I was at Julia, the Peruvian restaurant in St. Charles, and ordered the appetizer of this sourdough bread. I think they serve it with a hummus of some kind, and I was like, oh my god, where did this sourdough come from? And he said, three doors down. Yeah. I'm like, the band? No, really. Three <laughs> doors down. And that's when I found Mr. Miowski's. And now I get up every weekend morning early and hope for the best. And talking to the boss man, I'm like, you got to come in and talk about this. we got to tell everybody. He's Timothy Nordman. And he uh, comes out from behind the counter. How you doing, chef? Are you a chef? Uh Timothy's fine, not a, or a baker, or, but Timothy's fine. Did you like bake as a kid? Did you learn at mom's easy bake apron oven? Strings? Yeah. yeah, easy bake. Well, my mom definitely uh, cooked for us uh, every evening growing up. I did not learn much uh, growing up. I was too busy eating all of her food. Um, but this was a later in life endeavor. Uh, I was probably 35, 36 years old before I kind of t- took on the art of baking. And I read somewhere where you're a videographer by trade. I was. I spent uh, 13 years behind a video camera doing high, a lot of high school sports and uh, a lot of weddings. Oh, he'll, wow. He'll, he'll film your wedding and bring sourdough bread. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no promises. I can't wrap my brain around bread baking that it's alive, that the starter is alive. And some places use a starter that's like, can I interrupt you? Years I do every old. day. I'm a. We have a toaster in the studio, just so you yeah. all know this. Yeah. And Max put the bread in the studio, 
and I feel like it's going to burn, and I don't, I, I don't want to be blamed for it. So, do you want me to hit the button? Why do you feel like it's going to burn? Because usually I... toasters pop up on their own. Okay, so... well then we'll just let it go. Fine. That that was why I didn't do it. There's no smoke. There's nothing wrong. Oh, okay. It's not done. Oh, okay. All right. I I don't. I really do know how to make toast. I and you're swear. such a whiz in the kitchen. I don't I, understand. I don't understand. Okay, I just. I, I'm just going to go sit in the corner. And if the transmission suddenly goes off, you'll know we've blown a fuse okay. from the toaster. <laughs> how many how many loaves do you crank out in a week? Uh, in a week, uh, a little under 200. We're like relatively small for a bakery. Any thoughts of expanding? Uh, well, uh, I have uh, two really, really awesome coworkers. And between the three of us, we are... Uh, kind of at max production and we just try to put out a really good quality product so we're kind of holding our own and um, just kind of trying to do the best quality we can between the three of us someone fired julie and you're uh you've got a, a sourdough aficionado in here in, in john carney yes you're a, a san francisco <laughs> guy yeah. and if you can i mean you were really impressed with this sourdough and it really is good and it's hard to find like that san francisco Nowhere. quality Nowhere sourdough until Catman came in. Yeah. Should we explain the name? Yes, please. Uh, sure. Uh, Mr. Meowski was a nickname uh, for my wife's cat, uh, Becky, my adopted son. And uh, when he passed away, we thought it would be a wonderful way to keep his memory alive. And, and the, the the day the bakery was born, we knew exactly what we were going to name it. Mr. Meowski. So it's named after the after the cat, right? It is. Okay. Yeah. Try to put the fire out over here. Right? Yeah. Okay. Now, now, it's just not that easy to do. You said that sometime ago you started doing this, but you're kind of an obsessive guy, and you didn't want to stop until you got it right. And that wasn't exactly a week long process. It, no, it was not. It was several several years. In, in fact, I have a lot of customers come in, and they're like, "The only reason I buy your bread is because I tried it at home, and and I gave up." You know, after a month, and the whole idea of sourdough is it's you know it can be like a lifelong kind of accomplishment where you just keep trying to get better at it. Did you travel around and try sourdough in other places just to kind of get an idea? So I've been pretty grounded in the Midwest all my life. However, uh, my wife and I uh, just got back from San Francisco, and I finally got to visit uh, one of uh, that. Well, that was one of them. And uh, Tartine was was another one. Uh, there was a owner. Uh, his name's Chad Robertson, I think, and he kind of re-revolutionized uh, the sourdough movement in the early 2000s. You got any butter or jam? Over there? I do. I brought a Asking really good for a friend. unsalted wow. butter for everybody. <laughs> well, that's so nice. Thank you for making the trek into Westport. It doesn't stop at sourdough bread. Um, while I was waiting for my bread, I bought a pop tart and ate that while I was standing in line. <laughs> But that and the croissant. So tell me about some of the other products and how you make a pop tart. Yeah, well, uh, a pop tart uh, is we do a a pie dough. In fact, uh, my coworker Monique was making it uh, right when I left to get over here. It's a really nice flaky uh, layer, uh, layered dough, and uh, then we make uh, a multi berry jam with it uh, every single week. So uh, we have this big old pot and uh, kind of turn it into jam and. Uh, we construct it, uh, and I, we make probably, you know, again, not that many, probably like 150 each week. But So uh, it's first come, first serve, and will you keep it that way? It, I mean, Yeah, I think we're intentionally trying to produce just enough that we know that can be consumed for that day. 
and so it's fresh yeah, yeah exactly so what time do you open and do you have to get there or i mean i've gotten there late and you said oh, i'm sorry those lemon <laughs> curd tarts are gone mr Mayden. i know your favorite <laughs> so what time do you need to get there to assure a decent supply so i always say in between 7 a.m and 8 a.m is kind of like the prime that's time too, that's too early <laughs> <laughs> but there's good news for the people that want to sleep in we we do pre-orders and we'll be glad to put anything aside for you if, if you're a late riser, like a normal person on a Saturday, I guess. Well, I've walked out of there with tears in my eyes, empty-handed a couple times. It broke my heart to send you away like that. I didn't get I didn't get there early enough. You know, I, I that's my bad. But people call and pre-order online uh, days ahead of time so that their bread is there, right? Yes, they do. So the ordering starts... Uh, Sunday morning for Saturday pickup. I just got wise on that. Do you do still do the savory croissants? Yeah, we do. So we offer uh, a ham, a smoked ham with a, um, a sharp cheddar cheese, a ham and cheese croissant. And then we also do a, a really good slice of quiche. Uh, those are our two savory options right now on the menu. So good. Do you bake at home, too, or do you get enough at the office? I don't. I take that apron off on my way out the door and... Uh, the next thing I'll do is maybe I'll cook cook dinner at home. But as, as far as baking, I try not to do it uh, unless my wife Becky is, really wants a cookie at home. And we have flour, butter, sugar, and chocolate chips. Do you cook, cook <laughs> around the house? Like, do you make dinner regularly? Or? Yeah, probably two or three times a week. Yeah. Uh, I'm not the greatest cook. Like, my uh, forte is definitely baking. Yeah, I'd say your forte is baking. Absolutely. George Mays here. Mr. Meowski. Main Street in St. Charles and open Thursday through Sunday, right? Yeah. Thursday, 7.30 till noon, and then Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, 7 a.m. until we sell out. Yeah. And do you make it to noon ever? It it depends. Uh, if, if there's a if it, weather dependent, if it's really rainy or really snowy or something's going on, it'll, it will last till noon. But uh, on a busy uh, day, you know, it's not weird for us to close and get out of there by 9 45 or 10 a.m do people call you mr miofsky all the time they do but i try to let them know that, that i'm not him that, uh, that you're not the cat yeah <laughs> that, that i'm the human or the caretaker and uh mr miofsky is the one doing all the the real hard work at the bakery <laughs> so when somebody buys a sourdough loaf how long i mean if, if they're not going to eat it that day how do you suggest, how do you tell them to, to store it? Do you freeze it right away, or will it keep a few days, or do you wrap it in in saran wrap? How do you do that? What's the best way to handle a fresh sourdough loaf? Sure, there's a, a couple different ways you can do it. If you like uh, crusty bread, just buy the loaf and leave it on your counter, and if you get through it in two to three days, it'll get a little crustier, but uh, I find that... Uh, like that al dente-ness to the crust, mm -hmm. like something really pleasurable for me, but not everyone's like that. And uh, for the people that like softer things, I recommend wrapping it in saran wrap or cling film. And um, it freezes very, very, very well. So if you get it in an airtight container and, and put it in the freezer, it will come out of the freezer exceptionally well, especially if you're going to do grilled cheese or French toast or uh, anything like that. Wow. Ooh, that sounds good. A grilled cheese dipped in some tomato soup. Did you bring a grill as well and some <laughs> tomatoes? It's it, delicious. It didn't it really fit in my is. backpack. Uh, Mr. Miowski's uh, in the house for restaurant Tuesday. And, of course, George Mayhe, and we want to get in uh, other news happening. And 
I don't think I can remember the last time we said a restaurant was opening on the Cleed's Landing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So is it coming back? <sighs> I don't know if it's coming back. I haven't been down there in a while, and this restaurant has been open for several months. And, again, it's not, you know, exactly where I go all the time, and, and I was surprised. I knew it was coming, but I didn't know it opened in December, and it's called Smokestack with a Q, Lightning. And uh, it's from the folks that brought us Five Aces Barbecue. So they've been in their, quote, soft launch since, I think, December. And soft launch means they're only open at lunchtime Monday through Friday right now. They're going to do a grand opening and a hard launch. Com- I would think they probably up. got That's a great deal on the space down there. I would think so. And and uh, it's a long, soft launch, though. It's, it is. No, it's like it's 90 really days. Soft. And, yeah. and we haven't heard of the grand opening yet. But what's interesting about this place is, you know, they're they're not, uh, you know, they're not rookies. They had five aces for a while. But what their their shtick is, is authentic, and I use that in quotes, St. Louis barbecue. And what does that mean? To them, it means meats cooked over an open flame, by which they mean wood. Wood cooked, wood grilled barbecue, not smoked. This is grilled barbecue. So kind of like your dad used to do out in the backyard, right? With the with the briquettes, except with the you park got them all with, Yeah, with yep. the park mm-hmm. steaks. Yeah, I but this is uh-huh. this is cooking over wood. So I'm. I'm interested to see, uh, you know, that's a that's an art for sure. And, uh, again, that's what I grew up on. That's what a lot of us grew up on. So interested to try it. Smokestack Lightning, uh, lunch only for a while. Uh, and, yeah, there's, there's, there is stuff going on on McLeese Landing. Um, Munsak So, you know, the drunken fish guy, has uh, several uh, entities going on down there. Um, and, and again, it's, it's one of those things you, you want it to reach critical mass. And, and every time I think it has, um, you know, there's, there's just, they just need more, uh, they need more residential down there and that is coming. So it's, it's, uh, it, it needs to be reborn. Interesting menu of new place that just opened up at Festus called Crispy Edges Eats and Shakes. They have pizza, toast, ravioli. And shaved Brussels sprouts. Ooh, I would love that. Kind of an odd combo. Um, I, it, I, you know what? You sent me that, John, and I hadn't heard of it. I think, I think it's. I don't think it's open yet. End of March, I think. Is it a guy named? Uh, yeah. Uh, Chris Jacobs, and uh, made from scratch Italian food in in Festus. You know the usual pizza, pasta, sandwiches, and the restaurant will also offer specialty milkshakes. Nothing says uh, Italian food like a chocolate malt. Yeah. <laughs> so, I, see, wait, I, can what? Ma- I, I can make the jokes too, John. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you can <laughs> so, whip them up. <laughs> so anyway, uh, looking forward to it. This guy, Chris Jacobs, is not a restaurant rookie. He's had restaurants before. So let's let's check out Crispy Edges Eats and Shakes in Festus. And he gave it that name because a lot of the food he likes has crispy edges. It's not that any more complicated than that. I, would, I, I immediately went to potstickers. Yeah. So I was like, well, oh. and, and, and that's a good point. There was a restaurant called Crisp, Crispy, crispy edge. edge that had crispy oh, edges, but this fine. this is not the same thing. This hmm. is Crispy Edges, plural. I don't think I've said the name Timothy Nordman. I just said Mr. Meowski. Um, he's the one behind Mr. Meowski, and it's in St. Charles on Main Street, MrMiowski.com. I recommend pre-ordering, absolutely. I want to go back to sourdough for a minute. Three ingredients. That's mind-boggling to me that this is only three things. 
flour, salt, water, right? Correct. No way. Yeah. yeah. That's it. But, and yeah. a starter. Yeah, but the, the biggest thing that draws out the flavor is just the time of fermentation. Um, and with a lot of com- commercial breads, that time just is not given that the bread needs to give that flavor. Do you ever have nightmares that somebody took the starter and ran away with it? Uh, I more worry about that we let it die or oh, something like that. God. So uh, that we've terrible. had a close call uh, between my wife and my dad. They killed it off one day. Uh, and it, it was a business emergency, but we all rallied and, and fixed the problem. And you got it figured out. How do you yeah. know it was dead? Uh, it went straight down the drain. It, it wasn't coming back. I mean, how could you tell it was no longer alive? Because like, it went straight down yeah, the drain. Yeah, did it leave my, a note? My dad was trying to clean the container that I keep. He was trying to do me a favor right. by cleaning the container that the starter was in. And uh, and then I didn't mean to shake up bad yeah, memories. Yeah. I'm sorry. Scary. I'm sorry. That's nightmares are made. I'm of so this. sorry. How's the therapy yeah. going, Tim? Yeah, thanks <laughs> yeah. a lot. It's a process, you know. There's a little oh, bit of healing I am every day. Stressed out just My hearing apologies. that. I mean, I, I was doing pretty good. Do you sell starter, or is that <laughs> I your don't? I kind secret. of I kind of feel like it's like one of the proprietary things of, of, about our bakery that kind of makes it special. Uh, However, we have so many people curious about the bread-making process that I always offer to walk them through what it takes to build your own starter. If you reach out to me on email or Instagram or Facebook. That's nice. Well, that's a good – That's a good. do you do any classes, any bread-baking classes? I don't, but that's one of the many things I want to do, like have a uh, – uh, like a – Three class series over the summer, something like that. I mean, you could Sign do that, up. and and all your excuse me, John, all your other pastries too. Do you still do the cinnamon rolls? I hope. Yes, we do the oh, croissant man. cinnamon roll. So good. Uh, Stop very, it. Very buttery and rich. <laughs> the first it. hour we're talking about, you know, getting healthy, yeah. and now all we can talk about is carbs. Hopefully, Allison Walsh isn't listening yeah. to the broadcast <laughs> right now. And people online praising you as well. Your chocolate chip cookies to die for. Uh, I stopped by Jalea, and that's where I tried it for the first time, and I've been by many times to get sourdough loaf. So a lot of fans out there, which I'm sure you know because it goes pretty fast. Yeah, and you have a very loyal following, and they, they, they've they been coming in to introduce themselves uh, for quite a while now, so yeah. I'm always happy to see them. Yeah, Carney's, Looking for a discount. Carney's been, been talking about this for a while, so I'm glad to finally get to taste it. It is really really spectacular thank you so with all the action out in st charles do you have time to do the farmer's market runs the the gigs anymore uh i don't i had to step away from that um it kind of got to the point where i had uh, to pick what i wanted to focus on and and greeting customers as they walk through the bakery door is is very important to me and you do you're always chatting with the folks yeah um you know telling people like me sorry we don't have any (laughs) more bye 107 North Main in St. Charles, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, MrMiowski.com, and the man himself, Timothy Nordman's in the house. Also, George Mayhe, anything new opening up that you're super excited about? Well, we've got a new salt and smoke that's opening up this weekend Yeah, uh, in Ellisville. I think it's their, I want to say, eighth location. Well, didn't maybe? they just pull out of grocery stores? Or something. There was a grocery store entity called Oh Oh Hey Barbecue that yeah. they they pulled out of uh, a Schnooks. Yeah, there were two of those locations, but this one has been uh, in production for a while out in Ellisville. I know they're they're getting ready to 
to, to you know, cut the banner, I think, this weekend. That's exciting. Also over there, I was surprised that Blue Velvet didn't make it. But again, the Del Pietro family, yeah, known Blue, for Italian food, go with what you know. Yeah, Blue, they opened Blue up this Violet. Place. It was Blue Violet, oh, named, yeah, named after the state flower of Illinois. Yeah, Mike's first non-Italian restaurant. And it was run by his partners, who were all really, really good restaurant guys. And these guys were on site all the time. It's not like it was... You know, there was no, the management was never there. The owners were never there. That wasn't the problem. And, and and Mike was the first to admit he doesn't know what the problem was. He goes, if I knew what the problem was, I would have fixed it. But we thought we had the right thing in the right place at the right time with the right menu. And something just didn't click. Um, I know that he, some of his, his food, some of the items pressed the envelope a little bit, you know. And, and he said, you know, did we did we push it too far? I, I don't know. You know, they did uh, short ribs with a curry sauce. Was that too far out there? Mm, I don't know. Maybe, you know, he doesn't know. I don't know. It was a cool place. Uh, our critic loved it. Uh, Ian Frobe loved it. Uh, everybody that I talked to loved it. The, the the reviews were great. It's just one of the mysteries of life. But, yeah, it, yeah Blue Violet is now closed. You never know. Yeah. George Mayhew from uh, St. Louis Magazine, also Archie's is the podcast you can catch every week with Cheryl Bear, too. And we'll see you getting some sourdough. And Mr. Meowski's Restaurant Tuesday is brought to you by Kuna Food Service. And a word or two about them, eat local, buy local. You know, a lot of chains, when I read that they were closing a lot of their stores, I wasn't all that unhappy because it means less options to go to a chain and more options to go to a locally owned restaurant. I got to figure the people put their heart into what they do and they want to put a good product out there, of course. Kuna has helped them immensely along those lines. So hats off to Dan Bippin and his crew and they sponsored uh, um, Carnival. So thanks to them for that as well. KunaFoodService.com to find out more. I miss him. Actually, he's still around, I believe, isn't he? Mm-hmm. I think he lives at my house. They ever kill off any of those characters? No, I think they're all they're oh, all Lord. still there. Oh, it's traumatizing. Well, you know, they maybe wrote him off the show because Elmo wanted too much money or something. Honey. I don't know. I always thought Mr. Noodles should get his own spinoff. Do you ever listen to yourself, Julie? I know. No, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Noodle, you buddy, don't forget it. We still have another hour of this, um, but I wanted to get to news because I want to finish my bread. <laughs> yeah, really. I'm not going to lie. I mean, you know when you're playing some extra commercials to eat your bread, it's good bread. Yeah. Dan Morin's uh, coming along in a bit. We got a lot of stuff to talk about in the tech world with him, and Alex Stone is going to join us a bit later on as oh, well. Yes, we have a confirmation from Alex Stone, but a cancellation from Lamb Chop uh, they, due to a family emergency. So hopefully everything is fine. Not with the actual sock puppets. Somebody ate them. Oh, dear. Well, I was going to say, like, you know, her Mint sister's in the, in the dryer or something. But no, uh, but with the actual, with the daughter, there was a family emergency. So hopefully everybody's fine and safe, and we will reconnect. Um, but yes, family emergency, no Lamb Chop tomorrow. No Lamb Chop there's a new show on the History Channel about uh, the lost subs of World War II and a guy who's been looking for them. And I think that's who's going to replace Lamb Chop tomorrow. Oh, he's going to be out let's tomorrow? Just, let's just put it on tomorrow. Yeah. Really. Good call, Max. Really Thank interesting. You, Has been on pretty much all the dives that have been found as of late. 
and they're still doing it and taking us along in a six-part uh, series on the History Channel, which I believe begins tonight. Uh, watch for it. The Lost Subs of World War II. Uh, and they believe that there's a lot of money on them. Money! Because the Germans that basically pilfered everything needed to get the money out. So, needed to get the money out. So, they put them in these submarines and snuck away. But some of them sank and uh, he's looking for him. Really it's a, interesting. It's a treasure hunter. We have an actual yeah. treasure hunter on the show. Yeah. Super excited about that. Did the boss come in here and try to swipe my bread? He wanted yeah. the Mr. Miyoski, yeah. Huh. Yeah. Go figure. We'll cut him a piece for a price. We got a break for news. We'll do that now. It is 2 o'clock. <laughs> Welcome to the program, and uh, Dan Warren waiting in the wings. Julie Max and I are going to throw some uh, Q&As at him. Uh, Can I tell you that this croissant is the best croissant I've ever had in my entire life? From Mr. Bioski. You just did. So in case you were thinking, I don't really know about the chocolate chip cookies, and I don't know about the sourdough bread, the croissants are the best you'll ever have. And none of it makes sense. Sourdough is so soft, yet the bread's perfectly crunchy. And the croissants so buttery on the outside are like it's almost so like it couldn't have a calorie in the world Butterfly it's so light wings. and fluffy so and yes it's, so it's like eating a butterfly not that we would <laughs> ever recommend that and a shout out to our friends at the butterfly house we love butterflies That's but nice. this is Come just buy for a snack something like i've never had it was really good i've had the experience of Looking for a home to purchase and driving around, seeing for sale signs, looking for open houses, going in. And there have been a couple of occasions that I saw house that I fell in love with. I walked through it. I took, There was one down in Lafayette Square that in the back had a floor-to-ceiling library on both sides with one of those ladders that was on a rail that you could move along yeah, like at Hogwarts. Yes. And I thought, oh, my God, this is so cool. And I fell in love with this house right off the bat. And then I said, what are you, what are you asking for it? And they told me, and my dreams shattered in front of me. Like, oh, I, I, I can't afford this house. I shouldn't have fallen in love. Um, I paint that scenario because Stuart Rosenblum at Stewart's American Mortgage Corp. On the website, at stewartsamc.com, they've got a free home purchase qualifier, and you can find out just exactly how much of a house you can afford before you go. Save yourself some heartache. And then when you establish that number, get pre-approved for that number so nobody inches you out. They think of everything. They got the bagel loan, other loan options as well. StewartsAMC.com for more information about all of it. All right. You know him. You know love him. him. I well, love him. I think, do you? That's, I love him. He loves him. Not like a croissant, but I love him. He loves him, not as much as a croissant. 
But we're going to talk to our friend who is an animal tolerator. He doesn't participate in Taco Tuesday. He has written three novels, including The Barren Agenda, The Aleph Extraction, and The Nova Incident. Scratch that. His latest thriller, we can't leave that one out, now can we? His number four, All Souls Lost, is now available. He writes for SixColors.com. The one and only Dan Morris. Danny. Hello. Hi, buddy. Hello. Good. I was pretty stunned to see just in the last couple of days the story about AT&T already offering a credit of $5 per customer uh, for those affected by the outage on Thursday. That's an incredibly fast turnaround. Mm -hmm. And how can uh, I get the five bucks even if I don't have AT&T? Is that possible? Um, Yeah, go to your local AT&T store and um, just see if they'll hand you some money right out of the till right there. Maybe maybe you'll get lucky. Do you have to jump through a lot of hoops, though? I know it's only five bucks, but... Five bucks is five bucks. Uh, I think they have a whole – I think it may be something even just applied to your bill, essentially. So it's not like they're sending you a check for five bucks. They're just putting a credit on your bill if you were affected. Um, so you don't have to do anything. It just gets applied automatically. In fact, as they point out, if anybody asks you, <laughs> it's probably a scam. So, you know, just wait for it to show up on your bill. Well, I mean, at least they're offering people something instead of making everybody, you know, call and sit on hold and be darted around the world before you save 18 cents, right? Or just not give you anything, right? Right. I mean, that's what they could do. It's it's their their option. Yeah. So, I mean, five bucks, it's five bucks. You take that for what you will. For some people, maybe that makes a nice difference. For other people, they may not care, but it's... At least they're admitting that they screwed something up. And, you know, these days that's not always a given for a, a large company. I think what's kind of being forgotten in the story is the in the official AT&T statement, they said $5 equals a day of service. What? No, it doesn't. Not by my yeah, math I mean, and my bill. Yeah, it depends, depends what your service is and, you know, uh, what they're counting as a day of service, right? So... Uh, you know, that's they, they have different math than the rest of us, I think. I think they do. I thought this was an interesting story. And Mercedes-Benz and Ford have delayed electric vehicle goals because they're just not selling like they thought they would. That's weird. Do they sell in, in with other brands or is this just the EV thing where people are kind of afraid to do it unless it's the hybrid version because they don't want to end up stranded somewhere where there are not enough charging stations, like kind of the cart before the horse kind of thing. I think it's a, I think it's an overall, um, it's an overall like uh, industry issue. And I think part of that is because um, they're still tend to be more expensive. They're not as, even the low cost ones are not, you know, as competitive with uh, classic internal combustion cars. Um, You've seen people turning to hybrids, um, it's because they are sort of cheaper to produce and, you know, you can pass those savings on to the end users. Um, so I think that things are slowing a bit. And I think so. also there are specific issues with policies in various places like China, um, which do not have some of the, I think, incentives and uh, other infrastructure in place. And that's a big market for a lot of these companies. So there's a bunch of stuff happening here. 
I think this is a long game with EVs. Um, I think it's going to be a while before, you know, even though they're trying to push those transition, I think it's important. Uh, it is slow. Most people don't turn over their cars every couple of years, right? It's a lot of people keep their cars until they run them into the ground. So, um, you know, I think we're going to see how that plays out. In, in related news, uh, just before um, this, I noticed that uh, there was a story over in Bloomberg. Apple has supposedly been long working on a uh, electric car. Um, about a decade that they have pumped research and development into this project. It was a big marquee project for them, even though it had never been announced because that's the way they do business. They do stuff very quietly. Um, but they'd had a lot of problems with it, and uh, they announced – or not announced, but internally have basically canceled this project, which there were a couple thousand people working on. So oh. if even Apple, the most you know, one of the most valuable companies in the world, feels like it can't quite do what it wants to do with cars right now, uh, I think we're in an interesting time for the automotive market. When I saw the story in the news, all I could think about was Dan Morin. Dan Morin, Dan Morin. He's going to love. <laughs> but that's not unusual for This you. one. Because Google's Gemini AI chatbot has refused to say whether Elon Musk tweeting memes or Adolf Hitler ordering the deaths of millions of people is worse. And AI said there's no right or wrong answer. I.e., Elon Musk is a monster. Is that what it's saying? I think what you're saying is don't ask AI these questions. Don't ask AI questions that you like. These are these are the equivalent of clickbait, right? Like this is, hey, let's see what we can make the AI say that people can get outraged about. It's not a person. It's just trying to answer questions based on what it's been trained on. So. You know, I won't say this is quite the equivalent of like gotcha journalism, but it's kind of that, right? Like AI don't they don't know anything. They're not intelligent. This is not how the system works. It's not a thing that has any conscious thought. It's not a thing that's come to any sort of conclusions. It's not weighing the evidence yet until uh, they take over the world. Right. Well, then you can all we can all worry about whether it's worse than any of those people. Um, I think. I think this is a silly thing to get worked up about, but like this is the era we're in right now is that uh, there's a lot of scrutiny on AI tools and people are going to be trying and proving whatever particular feelings they have about AI one way or the other via posting these kinds of things. Um, I, I roll my eyes a bit at it. I think it's a little silly. Well, I just know how you profess your love for Elon Musk, but uh, constantly and vociferously. Oh, my gosh. There was a, a tech new stuff article. Like, here's what's coming out. Uh, Lenovo's got a laptop, and the whole screen is clear. The I whole saw, thing. I saw some video on this. It's incredible. Wouldn't you lose it? Like what, I would what think. I? Well, I can't, the- can't find it. I can't, I can't even keep track of the stuff I can see. Yeah. <laughs> clear yeah what's um, the point this is i mean so essentially this is basically a proof of concept which is to say this is not a thing they're selling this is a thing they have built as sort of a hey check out this technology we have and and what we can do with it and it's cool i think you know all the stuff i've read about this suggests this is awesome looks really cool i have no idea what the point of it is <laughs> uh and that's fine like i think I think there is a place for that. There's a place to try and push the envelope and try to figure out. I can see some applications for this style of technology. 
Um, for example, you know, we're hearing more and more about wearable displays, um, whether it's in like Apple's headset or other headsets and things like that, smart glasses, uh, transparent displays, very useful for those kinds of things. Um, so I will be intrigued to see if this, you know, technology makes its way into other products. But it's in the same way we've seen a lot of like rollable screens and foldable screens. And like some of those have started to make into actual consumer products, but a lot of them are still in that stage of like, hey, we've designed the technology to do this, but it's also so limited in what it can do right now that it's not really feasible for us to make an entire product out of this. So um, I enjoy that the same way I enjoy seeing, like, you know, you see at a car show, like, concept cars of the future, and it's like they, they never ship these things. They're just there to show you, like, we could make something really cool, and eventually some of this technology does trickle its way down. Uh, the transparent screen thing I think has a lot of challenges, not least of all is, like, yeah, people on the other side of your screen can see what you're looking at, which is weird, right? Like, well, I mean, not if you're uh, not looking up anything strange, Dan Morin. But like, even if you're just doing per, like business or sort of work, you know, that you don't want, like, that might be confidential or might have sensitive information in it. Like, I don't Only think you fans. want people to be able to do that. Uh, so, you know, uh, Are we I think be able it's to, a, can we buy one of these things? No, you cannot buy this. Uh, it is merely a <laughs> there you go. Uh, so, uh, Dan, dur- during the week, throughout the week, Julie and John will send me news stories. Sometimes uh, th- these are for guests for me to book or just uh, talk topics on the show or even topics for you to talk about or our lawyer or our How Stuff Works guy. And a lot of these links that John and Julie will send me, it just says Apple News because that's how they access their news. And to, Carney sent me something about Apple Sports, and I guess I never really thought about this, but there, until now, there is not an Apple Sports app. And so, what is changing with this? What what will Apple Sports give us? Well, Apple Sports is basically designed for a very specific purpose, and that is checking sports scores. Um, you, so, I know several people, including my colleague Jason Snell at Six Colors. Uh, got to interview uh, Apple Vice President uh, Eddie Q, who is in charge of services oh, yeah. at Apple. Uh-huh. Um, and uh, he, among other things, is a big sports fan. You can see him a lot of times courtside at Warriors games. He's a he's a very big basketball fan, among other things. And he's like, you know, hey, I had this app. I, I wanted to have an app where I could just open it up and get the sports scores. No muddling around with things or like going through endless logon screens or stuff like that. I just wanted a very simple app that could do this. And so that's kind of what they delivered. They already had sort of this back end where they could deliver these scores in timely manners for some of the other stuff that it linked into. You could get sports scores in Apple News or you could get play by play updates in the Apple TV Plus app for like things that were shown there. Um and they sort of built like this robust, you know, system, but they didn't really have a good central place for you to be like, hey, I just want to check the scores of my favorite teams or whatever sports season is in like is happening right now. And so they built the Apple score, the sports app with an eye towards that idea of just like, hey, you fire it up, you see your scores and you're done. And it's not really interfering with anything else you're can doing. I get it now. Um, is it they, is it in the app store yeah, now? It's now? OK, yep. It's up now in the app store. You can download it. It's free. Um, you can pick your favorite teams and have information about that. You can get live notifications when the scores change and all that stuff. So uh, I've been seeing the uh, notifications pop up for the Red Sox in spring training this week, which has been kind of nice. It makes it feel a little bit like actual spring. Yeah, okay. it really. I'm yeah, it downloading does. now. Where do the Red Sox train? Just sidebar. Uh, Florida, St. Peter's. St. Petersburg. I okay. I yeah. think that's right. Cardinals are in Jupiter, Florida. So sure, you can't buy me yeah. a clear screen. Mm-hmm. No? Pretty sure. Yeah. Yep. Just can't do it. 
Danny will go to sixcolors.com until we have the chance. And to I hope you survive again. the uh, nor'easter that's headed your way. Oh, that's news to me. Yeah. I better check the weather. There's another one. Yeah. Might want to subscribe good. to Apple Weather. Duck for color. There you go. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Danny. Take care. Thanks. Take care, guys. Bye. Oh, I'm, I'm excited about Apple Sports. I'm unlocking Yeah, that's kind of cool. I'm picking my favorite teams. This is great. Actually, my question, we were kind of down on time, but my question about that Apple Sports thing is, why do we need that? I mean, I'm not a sports guy, so I wouldn't know exactly what these other ones do, but ESPN. I bet they'd, they'd probably. It's too much rigor, rigmarole. It's too much uh, spam. Yeah, I mean, I, I what what how he explained it which is i just want to open something and see the scores that is so difficult even like and i try to involve alexa like around the house i'll say hey what's the score on the magic game or when do the hawks play so to have an app like that oh yeah i'm all about it huh again i i didn't know anything about it i thought it's pretty easy my son looks click click and he tells me how the cowboys did right i just assumed it was Easy to do. I anyway. still have the da na 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 on my phone from when my son was watching March Madness. I'm sorry, how's that again? Na 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 from many years ago, and it just does that on my phone at every t- every day. I and imagine, I just left it because I miss my kids being young. I imagine Guy Phillips will be by with another bracket for everybody and take their money uh, and disappear. Probably. Good movie. Um, so Mike Feeney and Adam Ferrara, the entertainment for Carnival. Absolutely killed it, which paints me in a corner because now it's up the game and I got to find even funnier comics for next year. But when I was talking to the agent about bringing them in, he said, well, obviously Adam likes cars and I took him over to Fastlane and dropped him off and then went and got my kids and came back for him later. But Mike uh, is a foodie. Which is why Friday night we went to Wright's Tavern. Saturday during the day, after I dropped Adam off at Fast Lane, I was going to take Mike over to Sugar Fire. He had already gone on his own. Yeah, oh, that's guy funny. from New York, never been to St. Louis, landed here Friday, wanted to check out the food scene, and found Sugar Fire right off the bat. Some people have that kind of luck. But I'll spare you the luck and just tell you to go there. The barbecue is unbelievable. And especially at the new spot in Florissant, I believe they're the only location that has uh, burn ends on the menu regularly. Everywhere else, it's just kind of a special. You might get it, you might not. But those burn ends... Are, are like candy. Could you imagine that on a piece of Mr. Miyowski bread? Uh, no, I cannot. I time travel. Mm-hmm. So good. That barbecue is fantastic and always a bottle of sugar fire in my refrigerator. Whether it's the mustard or the hot or the sweet or sometimes I mix if I feel I'm a little crazy. Vitamin. Find them in the store. Find them online. See what's going on and what your favorite location is serving as today's special at SugarFireSmokeHouse.com. Okay, Captain Paul not only has a traffic report for you today, but he also has a bit of a weather tidbit for you. Captain Paul Kopsky in the KTRS Traffic Center. Go ahead and let everybody know what you just told me. 
Well, Julie, first of all, traffic. Westbound 64 is closed near Long Road due to a vehicle fire. Traffic is at a standstill at Long and Boone's Crossing, and the backup is growing there. Elsewhere, the right lane is closed on 170 North past Airport Road due to road work, and road work on northbound 270 before Dorset has the right lane closed. From the KTRS Traffic Center, I'm Captain Paul Kopsky on the Big 550 KTRS and following up on what Julie said, it's going to be 80 today and 38 tomorrow for the That high. is insane, isn't it? It's St. Louis. I'm so confused, as the great Bugs Bunny used to say. Hello? So, long road, is that because it's a really long road or is no that just a family or something? I think it might be named after somebody named Long. I used to live literally off of long road so oh, yeah, it's a long driveway uh-huh. it's not really a long road is it uh-uh. okay. can you take a short trip on long road polly you're setting them up <laughs> you're killing it <laughs> you're killing it and i don't know whether everybody heard the news but captain paul has a ktri shirt now yeah so, congratulations thank you that means it's official that I means know. things are going well after all this time I took it three years before I got a shirt. Really? Yeah. Well, Mark Moser gave it to me a few months ago, but it was too cold to wear it. Well, you're going to have to pay taxes on it. I didn't want to say anything. Oh. <laughs> Is it like paying for your taxes on your car uh-huh. after you buy it? You have to go get a sticker and Moser will put it on the back of your head. I, I don't uh, want to talk about it. When we first went on the air 100 years ago, uh, they were buying us KTRS hats jackets, shoes, t-shirts, sweatshirts, um, so that I was here the first two years. When I got fired, I collected all of my KTRS stuff, which was a giant lawn and leaf bag, and I took it to Goodwill. Kind of wish I'd have held on to that. Stuff. Now you regret it, huh? Now I have one KTRS. Well, it wouldn't fit you anyway. All that stuff you would swim in those clothes. Now Is that a fat joke? No. Well, no, but it's a reference to how thin you are. It's a it's a compliment. Um, yeah. Now I got a black and white one, but only that. I'd be nice to have the jacket and the sweatshirt and the hat. Do we have a place to buy KTRS swag? He, Carney's going to open a bookstore. Yeah, there's companies that you know. We'll make things for you custom. I had some Carney Show t-shirts or baseball jerseys made a few years ago. We had John and Julie water bottles for Y98 back in the day. I could Why just, don't uh, we have John yeah, and Julie I know. water bottles? Well, because JCPenney oh. paid for them, and I don't think that's an option now. Probably had lead in them. Yeah. Anyway, so. You were there, Julie? I was there for oh. about 10 years. Yeah. Really? Thanks for listening. She, she was the duck. Mm, I right. was. I was the duck. And I was... On the morning show, Good Bully, that's where I learned to say that. And then afternoons. Were you ever, you were Julie Buck also? I was uh, forever Julie Buck. Julie Buck the duck. Mm-hmm. Careful. Careful, Max. Watch the alliteration I here, I was people. teased. Rhymes with too many things. So <laughs> I thought of you this morning, Polly. Yes. Because I read a story about a guy in Houston who just underwent heart surgery. And do you know why he underwent heart surgery? Broken heart. Drank a sip of cold water. Just oh. a sip. Uh, Franklin Abina. He said he was only 18 years old at the time of the incident, working out at the gym, took a sip of cold water, and as he as he sat down, he started palpitating uh, and then rushed to the hospital. 
they realized that he had a genetic, uh, through genetic testing, he had a gene mutation that can trigger, trigger atrial fibrillation just with a sip of cold water. And I thought of you almost dying from Yeah, that. I had 16. So, Not 16 sips, uh, 16 bottles. But no, this oh, is very geez. rare. On the so wall. maybe you don't have it. But you still got to hydrate. Yeah, but I think uh, Gatorade's better for you than... Beer's uh, even better. Yeah, beer. I, if I would have drank beer, I would have... You would know, have saved your life. Yeah, that's right. You guys need help. You don't need to see your feet anyway. <laughs> yeah. Who cares? <laughs> that's Who why cares? beer is so good for you. Oh. All right, we're almost to midweek. I imagine your, your weekend dance card's already punched. Yeah. Uh, Friday, family get-together. Small. Yeah, because not everybody's invited. That's right, <laughs> a subset of the family. Are there many you don't like? Uh, <laughs> oh my God! There's some. Yeah. There, it's so big, such a big family. There's some I don't know. So that's that's a big yes. Yeah, I mean you don't have to name names, but some you'd rather not run into. <laughs> I guess so. I got those, and I don't have a very big family. So just saying, you're not very comfortable with this conversation. <laughs> well, somebody okay. might be listening. <laughs> nah. No. Nobody's listening. Yeah. Just us in this room. That's the way I was in college at the campus station at St. Louis U. No one was listening. Cause oh, we you were, were on that? We were like one watt. Mm-hmm. He was the duck. Oh, Is got it. Is there any way on God's green earth that we can get a tape of you on the radio at SLU oh, yes. 112 years ago? In 1983, I started. Broadcasting St. Louis U basketball for the campus station. Do you have? And I have cassettes that I kept. I just I have cassette players too. The question is, if I put them in the cassette player and, and hit play, will they snap because they're forty years old? Why don't you just bring it to me and I can digitize them for you? Okay, I'll bring you some of them my on best. the air repeatedly. I, I'm just going to tell you, Paul, you are stepping into a. <laughs> I, I, a storm, and I'm just going to warn you now that when he asked me for my cassettes, uh, I just said cassettes. Yeah, same. I, also I don't have like, no cassettes. No, thank you. You know, I'm I'm pouring over stuff. Sure. For my 40th anniversary, and one of the things that I found was my first audition tape from 1982, and I sound 11. <laughs> I sound 11. Me too. And at broadcast center at the time. They were teaching us to talk like, hey, goodbye. Check out the great sales that they got. Right. That's what I was doing as, yeah. a, as an 11-year-old. And it was embarrassing. Because you had to have a radio voice. You couldn't just talk in your normal normal voice, right? I think there was my normal voice. I, I think, think it was one time. Mally, Mally moved on from that. There we are. It's going to be 80 degrees today and 38 tomorrow. Who the girls will be back to pick you up later. The Gateway City. <laughs> so I know you guys aren't accustomed to playing along. Max, mm-hmm. Julie, um, can we just do me the favor, find one very, very early piece of your career? No. You audio can have pulse. No. <laughs> all of us. No. And we'll play just, well, I, it illustrates how far you've come. Do you I not want to do wanna, that? I don't like public no. illustrations. Yeah, but, I'd like to not but you know what? You're on the radio. I have something that I think is really funny that, <laughs> that Craig Cornette put together when the Admiral 
was going to sink and it was the admiral panic and said it and it was right when the titanic movie came out and i <laughs> think this it's come really around funny. To an early air check i was going to say and it's an, uh, us on a on a cassette not you and me but me and craig and i thought it was funny you want to hear that uh, the earliest you got hi my name's julie pop here's the, my phone number that's what mine's on the leg the booty I can do it, John. Bring me a cassette. Thank you <laughs> for could, playing Look, along. he will do whatever He's Carney a team is. player. I was, yeah. I was pretty decent for someone who had never done it well, before. I'll, we'll be the judge of that. Yeah. Okay. Bring <laughs> the tape what in. Happened? <laughs> I went downhill after 40 years. And oh. uh, and Max isn't playing again. No. Sad. I'll play. No, I'm not going to do it. Sad, sad. It's uh, 2.37. Won't play along. Let's talk about Nicole. I don't think her name has been uttered this entire show. Nicole Genovese of yeah. Genovese Jewelers? That Nicole. Have I not mentioned Nicole the entire not day? one time. I thought you guys were fighting. No, never. Uh-uh. She is working hard. She's at the jewelry store. I'm sure you've been there. If It's one of those things, again, where if you know, you know. The best you will find anywhere. People come in from all over the country just to shop at Genovese Jewelers highly recommend them they are just west of 270 on olive the place to go for all of your diamond needs maybe it's an engagement ring i always think of that like someday if that day comes when one of my boys is ready to get engaged like should they buy a diamond now because it's such a good deal happening at genovese we know we're going to get the best price we know we're going to get the best stone at the best price at genovese jewelers so why wouldn't you do it now it's also uh, a great place to go if you're looking for a gift, a gift for somebody's birthday, Mother's Day, not too early for that. And so why not go to the very best? Right here, just west of 270 on Olive, it's Genovese Jewelers, or you can go online, GenoveseJewelers.com. So you say you crave choices. Have you seen the cafe appliance line? Commercial style ranges. Uh, the lineup coming out for the Evolution Festival in Forest Park. It's going to be fabulous. Todd Rundgren aside. And I guess I've uh, fawned over him on the air enough that like six people texted me and said, I guess you're excited about this. I know. Here comes Todd. And we got several other festivals. The, the intersect, music at the intersection, the one they do down at Grant. Yeah. I was reading in a national magazine that that evolution, or not the evolution, not yet anyway, the Crossroads Festival that they have in Grand Center is one of the top five music festivals in the country. Music at the intersection. We've had Chris Hansen on to talk about it. Yeah, but I mean, top, I mean, you've got Jazz Fest in New Orleans, you got Bonnaroo in Seattle, you got, uh, is Bonnaroo the one in Seattle? I thought it was Chicago. No, what? Bonnaroo is, is down south. There's oh, one in Seattle, too, that sounds like Bonnaroo. Um, Are you thinking of Bumbershoot? Bumbershoot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love these names. I wish I could be sitting there when they come up with them. Lollapalooza. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All band names. Mm-hmm. Um, Literally. But, I mean, that's Coachella. a lot of competition. And high praise. Hats off to them. And uh, hats off to Evolution, too, for giving us another cool thing to do. You, Not us, but you youngins. You youngins, go enjoy your loud rock music. I have the clip from Heidi and Josh. We haven't even previewed it. Do you just want to hear it? I can just play it. 
right. Do we need to give it a bit of a sure thing? Steve Shankman was on with Heidi and Josh yesterday, yeah. and he's created the Evolution Festival. That's so right. I saw the lineup. I texted him. I think maybe twice, along with an email, oh. just saying, professing my love for Todd, and you know, is there any way I can get to a good spot, and you know, instead of being in the middle of thousands of people, get and, to a good spot. Yeah. And uh, he was on with them yesterday, and apparently I got my answer from the radio. But Todd Rundgren, an, an, another stellar icon. Oh, you got him for Carney. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, he's Carney. Yeah. Well, he's going to buy a ticket. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> well, there you I go. I him some tickets, I think, for Evolution, actually, for, for the, the Carney kids. Yeah, yeah, for the auction. Yeah, he called. Mm-hmm. That's it. That's so, you, so you took one for the team because you... You took your freebie for the charity. Yeah, that was very nice of him. He did give free tickets for yeah. Evolution to the Carney's kids. He opened the factory. I was there. We promoted the factory on the air. He wrote a book about the history of contemporary productions, which is historic and brought amazing bands to town for decades. We had him on the air for that, you know, because those were all great things. All I'm asking for is a nice chair. Just a nice chair. A free nice chair? Or- no. No, I didn't even need a free one. I just want a nice chair. And a so chair. you just want access to purchase stellar tickets? Yeah. Yeah, I'll pay for them like 125 bucks. That's nothing for old John Carney. Well, I'll tell you what, it's cheaper than going to see the Grateful Dead at the Sphere. Those I need oh, free tickets for. Oh, how much for. was that? Those are up to about 900 bucks. And then you got that's the before you get there and gamble and airfare and put hotel and quarters yeah. in the machine. So are you not going to the Sphere? I don't know. I don't know. Would you drop a grand? It'd be interesting to see what my raise is this year. What? Um, yeah, I would if I had it. You know, but we'll see. Speaking of rock and roll music, uh, and we're going to tackle it with Johnny Law, but this whole Eagles Hotel California written manuscript thing. Have you read anything no. about that? Really? All I know, it's Good. over eight minutes long. We talked about it with Jim Cowan yeah, last week. It's, oh, it's, is it? It's all over the news. Um, and there was something else in the news about it today, and I'm like, oh, I want to, uh, let me see if they've come to any resolution. So Don Henley's going to court over giving back my handwritten lyrics. Somebody's trying to sell them. And I read the story, and apparently in court, he candidly recounted a cocaine-fueled night where he was busted with a 16-year-old prostitute in L.A. Yeah. What? He said bad choices. This that, just that was... this started with handwritten lyrics to a song. Yeah, they were worried that the prosecution would bring this up and make him look bad, so he thought, let me get in front of it, so his lawyers actually encouraged him to say something. Wow. Fire that lawyer. Um, I was just kind of stunned. He, he got it in a ringer there. But I understand he's not a very good person. So, I don't know him. I don't either. I wish I did. He's such a talent. Listen, those of us who have not been caught in a cocaine-fueled engagement with an underage <laughs> prostitute oh were God. smart. Be the first one to throw a stone. Right? Who am I talking to here? Yeah. She seems a little nervous, doesn't she? It is uh, 2.48. I just thought it was odd that it took that twist. I never would have guessed. Never would have guessed. Um. A bunch of things I want to get to, but now we don't have time. 
Johnny Landoff Chevrolet. Bonabum bum bonabum. Johnny Landoff Chevrolet. Are you kidding me? There and there's there's another commercial on this station where there's a kid that says, "Are you, Are you kidding, kidding me? me?" I don't know if Johnny knows about that. I don't know if Johnny's got a trademark. I don't think he'd go after a kid anyway. Never mind. Forget I said anything. Instead, go get a car. He'll keep advertising. So <laughs> that really helps me out. And, I mean, or buy him Todd Rundgren tickets. Um, and they bailed me out again at the Autoplex. I have gone to them for the weirdest things. My first trip was after I bought the Impala. A couple of weeks later, I had to go back, have them take out the back seat because my son's AirPod I remember that. fell between there. Well, last week, I had to go back again because the folks at Waterway smashed my center console closed and it cracked a Tupperware full of gumbo. So there was ah, loose gumbo no. in my center console. You didn't tell me that. Yeah. It probably stinks to high heaven. Yeah, so I had to go uh, back to Landoff and say, this is kind of embarrassing, but I, I can't get my console open and there's gumbo in there. And they were able to get it open and I was able to clean it out and they put a piece of tape there to temporarily fix it and I closed it and I can't open it again. So actually I'll be stopping at Waterway after the show today. Um, so they will do anything for you. I'm putting them to task. Can we go back to the gumbo just for a very fast second? Yeah. It was really So the gumbo spilled into your a console because itself. Because they smashed the console closed and it busted the Tupperware. Yeah. Not pretty. Oh. And I had the car clean because I was driving the comics around. Oh, yeah. Once a year. And they kept saying, do you like fish? Huh. Yeah, I don't know. Roll your window. I hope you're not allergic to shellfish. Yeah, that's right. I hate to be selfish, but come on. Uh, all right. Uh, Alex Stone, I believe, waiting in the wings? Yep. All right. Let's tell something. By the way, Johnny Landoff can be found online at Landoff.com. And, of course, you know where the stores Go to the stores. You know where they are. This Jennifer and Wendy announcement is brought to you by BetterHelp. Have you ever... I can't help myself, but every time I hear this, I think of that joke about the guy at the psychiatrist's office going in there saying, you got to help me. I wake up every morning and I think I'm Tom Jones. I got a Welsh accent and I'm swiveling my hips. I'm wearing leather pants now. The doctor looked at him and said, it's not unusual. Uh, All right. (laughs) Where is our Alex Stone? Oh, my goodness gracious. unusual to be loved by anyone. You're you're not on hold anymore. Sounds like you're being tickled. (laughs) Yeah. So I was kind of surprised to see Macy Macy's announcing they're closing 150 stores and a lot of big chain restaurants like Bonefish and that steakhouse we were out Flemings back, and all closing that. a lot of places as well. So what's going on in the retail world? Well, I mean, Macy's is not alone in this. Even before the, the pandemic, uh, JCPenney, which they've been trying to hang on for a long time, and Neiman Marcus, uh, they both uh, declared bankruptcy a number of years ago. But who goes shopping at a department store any longer? Uh, maybe you go to 
buy a pair of shoes because you can try them on there or try on some jeans. But uh, many people hardly, if ever, uh, go to a department store any longer that they buy online, either through Amazon or through higher-end retailers online. Um, so today Macy's saying that they are announcing a plan that they're calling a bold new chapter and that previous store closings haven't been enough and that they're going to be closing 150 more stores that will leave them with uh, 350 that are going to be open. They haven't said which of the stores are going to be closing. We know Union Square in San Francisco, which has been a big flagship store, that already uh, city leaders there have been told that one's going to go away. 1947 landmark, Christmas time, all decorated. Uh, but beyond that, uh, nobody really knows yet. But they uh, they posted a $71 million quarterly loss, and they're saying that they got to make changes, and, and that's going to include uh, closing up a lot of their stores, focusing more on Bloomingdale's, which they own, and Blue Mercury, a luxury cosmetics company. But uh, but a lot of Macy's are going to be closing. Why are we not hearing these stories about Nordstrom or some of these other customer uh, big service, di- baby? They are well, and the part of that is is accurate. That that Macy's is saying that they polled a, a huge number. I think it was like sixty thousand or six hundred thousand customers, and what they have determined is that people want. Customer service, that that is their big thing, and decluttered stores. They don't want so much stuff in the the stores, so they're going to really focus on the stores that they keep open, that they want to do more customer service, they say more in the shoe department and more around fitting rooms to try to give you guidance on what you should be buying. And uh, today in their earnings call, the, the CEO said that they also have to really figure out what people want, that if it is a season when people are coming in and buying blazers, they need to have a huge selection of every price point and decide what are people really looking for, different ages, the styles that a 20-year-old versus a 70-year-old is going to wear. And then when it's sweater season, make sure that when people are walking in and that's what they're looking to buy, that they've got it, that you don't walk in and say, well, couldn't find what I wanted, that they've really got to, to zero in on that. And Macy's only a couple of weeks ago rejected a, a $6 billion takeover bid. They've been dealing with a fight over the, the those members of their board. So they're in a fight for survival right now. And they say that they've really got to focus in on luxury at Bloomingdale's and Blue Mercury and on customer service to separate themselves from the online shopping. Otherwise, you just go on there and do it there. Agreed. And I'm, But one thing I'm surprised that's not in the collective conversation is people at the cash register. I would do better panning for gold than I would to find somebody to to check me out. Hey, thanks, Alex Stone. Appreciate it. You got it. Later, guys. Take care. And thanks for the Tom Jones impression. Uh, You want to come back and do it again tomorrow? Does that fit everyone's schedule? Let's do it. All right. Make it a date. Josh Knighty coming up tomorrow. A lot going on. Elevator. Plus, John Hewlett joins us. Should be fun. Julie Buck and Max Foisy. I'm John Carney. Thanks for listening. Be good to each other.